Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome in to a Friday edition of the Nick Bob Podcast. We made it, man. We made it through launch week. Has this been fun or what? I hope you guys have enjoyed this week as much as I enjoyed uh, pumping out all that content for you. Everybody from Barrett Rude to Bo Rude to Kevin Kugler to Rob Stone. Uh, I-, I had what I felt like was amazing conversations with all those guys. I hope you enjoyed uh, getting a-, a window into you know a little bit more of what Barrett Rude's like and what Bo Rude's like and what Kevin Kugler's like, what Rob Stone's like. Because I'm excited for our uh, our guest today. I can't do anything in life without having this guy involved. Matthew Richard Schick, Matt Schick. People may know that uh, we used to host a show together. Schick and Nick uh, was arguably three of the greatest years of my life. Just uh, was basically I was just I got paid to sit with Schick and laughed laugh at everything he did. It was it was absolutely incredible, um, absolutely incredible. Do want to remind everybody before I, I set up Schick specifically here. Download, subscribe, rate, and review the Nick Bob podcast. It's available anywhere you get your podcasts, literally anywhere. And the reviews, the ratings, all that stuff helps, guys. It, it, it really it really does. And uh, the I do want to give a big thank you to everyone that's taking the time out to listen and taking the time out to send me a tweet, to send me a Facebook message, to rate or subscribe. Like I appreciate it, man. This has been, like I said, I'm taking a leap. Uh, I'm hopping onto this uh, this journey, and I want you guys along the ride with me. I want you sitting shotgun with me for this thing, and the 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 feedback's been overwhelming. So I, I mean this in all sincerity from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, thank you. But continue to make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review the Nick Bob Podcast. All right, Matt Chick, you know who he is. Uh, this ton of fun. It's really a lot of fun on this conversation. I. I of course, we have our nonsense, right? <laughs> we, talk, we we talk about a lot of uh, we talk about uh, kindergarten, preschool with our kids. Uh, we giggle about a bunch of different things. I mean, you're you're gonna. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. The fun. The, the what was fun about this is we set up to where we're doing this via Skype. So like, I could see Schick, I could see his face, he could see me. I feel like that added a layer to to all of this. Uh, we, we are going to go through the entire Nebraska football schedule, game by game, give our prediction, win, loss, win, loss. So we'll, you're going to get a football fix with this. But the other thing you're going to get is I wanted to open up with Matt. I wanted to go back to 2012 when the Chicken Nick show was ending. I want to get into uh, his mind of what his career path was like. He's changed jobs numerous times. Uh, his he, he really went – he got deep, man. He really did. And you're going to really enjoy this. If uh, you've been invested into Matt Schick and his career from – from Carney to KETV to 1620 and now to ESPN, he kind of takes you through that whole time. Uh, and I heard stories even about Schick and Nick ending from him that I'd never heard before. Uh, some really powerful stories. So, you know, we get, we are surface level, silly elementary school humor. And then we also get like deep in, deep, uh, really introspective analysis of, 
uh, our lives, our careers, all those things, and everything in between. So Matt Schick, he's with ESPN. Uh, you see him on TV, hear him on the radio a lot. Uh, he's doing a lot uh, with uh, with the Four Letter Network and doing a, an unbelievable job. So without further ado, let's get to uh, my conversation with the man, the myth, the legend, Matt Schick. So are we starting? Yeah. Is this? Are we just off and running? Are we doing this now? Is this? So for people that don't know, to let you like, I am looking at Schick via Skype. I can see him. He can see me. Schick has a Schick and Nick Hardy's Go Big Red T-shirt on that uh, we gave away once upon a yonder back in the Disney. And this is exciting. This is this is good. This is my first extended time seeing you without glasses, Mister Kugler Vision. Mr. How's Kugler. it? Uh, how do I look? You look good. Should we take pictures of each other with our phonotics? Yeah, I'm doing Tony phonotics. I'm doing that right. I'm doing that right now. All Just right, here we go. Tweet this take out. Pictures of each other. This is good. This is good. It's good. All right. So uh, I have felt I, I'm I'm excited for you to uh, to you've listened to the pod. You've been a fan of the pod for what two days, three days? How many I've days been, has it been, been now since you've been a fan of the pod? I've been on I've been on the Nick Bob podcast for for a while now, <laughs> and I just I it's been a part of my daily life since I can remember. Sit, yeah, it, right, right. It's just. You know, it's just has added a lot. And if, frankly, if you were to take it away from me, I don't know how I would how I would live. <laughs> oh man! Now, do I want to start? I think I maybe want to start our conversation like I started with Barrett presenting you the option, an opportunity to cuss. Shik, do you want to cuss? <laughs> Everybody, you, people, people have been like, dude. More cussing. You got to cuss, man. Keep on this, cussing it up, this man. This is like satellite radio Whoa. and a podcast. It's the same. Do, do it, man. Do it. Do it. Dude, when is... Okay, so for people that don't know, shaking no likey cussing. The last time you cussed was probably when, you think? Oh, gosh. Um, oh, Jim probably... Jim Kelly? Jim Kelly was with I mean, the Bills? I, I, I've got four young kids, so it was more recently than you probably think. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> Um, I mean, things will slip out every once in a while or privately to Kelly every once in a while. Oh, but, um, okay. I thought you were like, not, not, you. A, not in an argument. No, I don't mean <laughs> yeah. that. I mean, like, yeah, you know, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's rare and, and, uh, it's selective. Um, but it's, you know, I, I try not to, and I feel such great shame when I do. <laughs> <laughs> but I did listen to your your Barrett Rude pod was man was good and he, that you know that was that was good. I kind of felt like I was James Lipton in inside the actor's studio with him. I was like, now when you tackled him on third and fourteen, how did you feel? And where was your mum at the time? That like that that's how I felt in that season opener against Oklahoma State, and you saw that football. <laughs> On the turf, and you scooped, and then eventually scored. What was your motivation there as you held the football up for the fans in triumphant victory? That's kind of how I felt at times with people. Now, Kevin, Kevin Kugler, you had a little show called On Sportsmanlike Conduct. When you left that show, was there a part of your soul that was empty for period of time 
Like that's how <laughs> things have felt for me. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, that was the pinnacle, as we'd say, of sports talk radio. When you left that, how did you fill that void? Was there quiet nights of terror and grief? Like, no, no, went to Beijing to call the Olympics. It's like, oh, I know. I love that. I was like, I was expecting, I was expecting me and him to be able to relate. Like, yeah, I had a hard time giving it up too. Yeah, he's like, now nah, I went to the Olympics to the Redeem team, and I'm like, oh yeah. I went and picked up Kobe's poopy. You know what I'm saying? Outside. That's what happened with me. Gosh, I'm starting to keep sweating here. This is not good. Hey, Gosh. by the by the way, uh, how okay? So you got uh, 47 kids. Is that what we're up to now? Yeah, that's um. We, we're gonna go go good with hunting. What? Like, get, say their names: Ricky, Tommy, what? Bobby, Billy, Tommy. T- say it again: Ricky, Tommy, Bobby, Billy, Johnny, Willie, Tui, Do. <laughs> I got one kid for every uh, heart attack that I've had. Um, <laughs> for every cuss word. One for kid every for every cuss word. word. I got, yeah, I got four. I got four. But so Mava, yeah, they, Mava started preschool. And how oh, is yeah. it for, I mean, to get in and out of this preschool, it's like the Pentagon. You got to have codes, apps with a with a thing. I mean, apparently Mava goes to Area 51 preschool is pretty much what this is. Is that normal? It is. Is that normal? Yeah, it's getting there. It's getting there. Uh, apparently, there have been some bad things that have happened, so we, we have to make sure. You know, it's kind of like with what happened, you know, getting on airplanes now, ah. now getting into preschools and other schools. Like, you've got to have the cameras. You've got to have the the button, the intercom. Like, it is it is Fort Knox. It's it, like how, you know, Memorial Stadium used to be. <laughs> <laughs> But I feel like uh, this whole time I'm waiting for – I know you'll remember every episode of Seinfeld. Remember when Jerry wouldn't let the guy into the apartment because he didn't recognize him because there had been yeah. some ra- – yeah. I'm waiting for the time where like – because they say like in the handbook, like don't just let anyone in. I'm waiting for some parent, me to shut the door and be like, I don't – I'm sorry. I don't, I don't recognize you. I'm not going to let you – I'm not gonna let you. He's gonna be standing there with like a three year old. I'm like, I'm sorry, little Timmy. You're just no. I don't. I don't recognize yeah. you. But no, no. We'll, we'll, you know what? We'll take the kid. But please, hand me the kid. <laughs> Tell you, you what. You give me the kid. Outside. Let's act like nothing happened. You just walk away. How about that? <laughs> I'm waiting it for that though. One of those things. Like, yeah, you're, you're standing in front of the camera, and you're like, well, I didn't shave today. I hope they let me in. You know, this is. <laughs> Hope they re- hope they recognize. But we don't have that problem at the preschool because we've been going there for like five years. You guys are like, like our fourth yeah. kid. Like they give us like we could you you know go in and use the teacher's restroom, the lounge, <laughs> and do whatever we want. We got carte blanche in that thing. You got and one thing that so you, all your kids take the 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 bus to school. Three of the four take the bus. Porter, the Jerome our, Bettis, five year old. Is it so is it take, the Jerome Bettis? Let's get it right. Yep, he take, they take the the uh, Jerome Bettis to school. Um, they actually Dad, we drop. Dad, what the, time's we, Jerome Bettis going to be here tomorrow? <laughs> like eight fifteen. Be ready. By the way, Dad, who's Jerome Bettis? Shut, <laughs> Shut up, Cohen. <laughs> the Hall of Famer. <laughs> Went through his Hall of Fame jacket. Um, I um, we drop them off at school, then they get off the bus in the afternoon. So I mean, like the bus comes at six 
6.30 in the morning, 6.35, 6.40. We're like, we're walking down the stairs at that, at that yeah. time. So that's like, it's, there's no reason for that. So, um, so we <laughs> drop them off and then we get, they get off the, they get off the bus in the afternoon at like 2.15 ish. And we're right there. Uh, I mean, there's there's nothing better than free transportation oh, where you can just stand outside your house. It's like, you know, Amazon dropping off your kids. <laughs> like, all right. Amazon Prime for your kids. Pretty much what we need. That's what we need right now. I could, I tell you what, I could go for some Amazon Prime to take Maeve to preschool right now. That'd be kind of nice. It would be. It would be. It's a, it's it's a tough, challenge. Though. It Definitely is. Definitely a challenge. It is totally tough. It, with this pod, though, in talking to you specifically, it, it kind of it felt like we used to break the rules of radio with how we were doing mm-hmm. things. And mm-hmm. now there are no rules. So it's kind of a weird feeling, like especially when you would come on game time, the whole thing was like, hey, man, we're not even staying on clock. We're going to just talk right through a break. Are we the biggest rebels ever? Yes. But now it's kind of it's 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 different. I don't feel as rebellious right now. Yeah, no, this is like, yeah, we're, we're going to go through a break and, uh, you know, there's, there's no break. So we're not really doing anything. Like dry, it's like, oh look how fast I'm going on the autobahn. It's like okay, <laughs> no speed limit. There's no. I'm jaywalking. It's a neighborhood. Um, so yeah, we don't feel as rebellious, um, but we would destroy the clock oh, in radio. Oh, like it was oh. like Shane. Like Shane could never plan his ramen noodle breaks never. because, you know, there was the commercials were just so screwed up. Like, totally. oh, sorry, Shane, can you combine the last three commercial breaks? You'll have a good 14 minute break coming up where you can go eat your lunch. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's not we got we got Oprah as shit goes and closes the door. Look at this. Oh, I watched him know. stand up and go close the door. You worried about it? Oh, the kids are gone. Are you are you Kevin McAllister right now? See, I got Are you Kevin McAllister <laughs> no. right now? No, but I am the father. Um, <laughs> and I do need an extra large <laughs> cheese pizza just for cheese me. Pizza. And one of those little refrigerators you have to open with a key. Leave, um, it, leave it on the doorstep and get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Credit card, you got it. Um, I did you have a talk boy? I had a talk boy. I did. In uh, fact, I was cleaning out the garage the other day. You, I feel like time I out. Can my... we talk about it? You clean out the garage. I feel like every time I talk to you, I'm like yeah, I was cleaning out the garage the other day. A couple questions: How many garages do you own? How big are they? And do you do this every day? Continue okay. with your comments. When I say the other day, it was like two months ago. All okay. right, so it was all right. like the so the other day is very open ended. It could have been right. seven years ago. It's still the other yeah, day. Yeah, the other day I was born. Um, <laughs> the other day, uh, we, remember that Revolutionary War the other day? Um, the only the other day when we landed on the moon. You remember, you remember in <laughs> Castaway the other day? <laughs> you, you remember when we were, remember the other day with Prohibition, how hard it was to get out? <laughs> so, so right now we're doing a Kent Walgamont 
impression <laughs> about about, about I don't even know what it is. Okay, sorry, I hijacked um, here. But no, two of the kids are. Um, I do. Oh. I did see the talk boy. Uh, I haven't listened to the tape that I recorded from twenty years ago. <laughs> I bet it's pretty still good. Still in there. Still in there. Uh, two of the kids are home because you know they do the staggered start for kindergartners. Ah. So the first week they go one day that first week so that they're not overwhelmed with twenty other kids. So he's in there with like six other kids the first day. Doesn't go the rest of the week. Really? And then he goes next week. I yeah. Then he's, like then he's that. good to go. Yeah. Yeah. That is fantastic. Could use a, could use a staggered start. And we need adult staggered starts, right? I mean, right? I mean, I, That's what college football kind of is. You know, you got some people in week zero. Hey, hey. You know what? We'll throw you. We'll throw you guys on Thursday night. We'll throw you guys on Friday night, and then we'll get going on Saturday. Hey, staggered start. How about Michael Irvin and how much he lost his mind at that? Have <laughs> you ever? Even Jason Peter was like, "Bro, back her down a little bit." Back it down a notch. You understand that you are no longer playing, right? You are not allowed. And it lasted the the crunkness of it lasted about thirteen seconds too long. Like you're like you thought, oh, okay, he's going there, and he's still going there, and he's still going there. Oh, Michael Irvin. Just sweating and yelling and what was that? I feel like it was like 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 a Panera bread. Was that a Panera bread? (laughs) Yeah, he had had just walked out of a Runza. Like he was just (laughs) like yeah. Like what are you doing? It's. It's like, oh, like I don't remember anyone getting that fired up at the you know the Alamo Bowl Riverwalk uh, pre <laughs> pregame between Nebraska and Michigan State. I don't oh, remember that. Man, that was just Lord, back it down. They're oh, a terrible team. You have made me. I'm sw- now. I've remembered that this is from 2009 to 2012. I just was <laughs> had just tears on my face, sweat on my body. You got me. God, Matt. I just showered. I just showered before I came here. I feel all clean. Yeah. I got the the cologne going, and I just stink now. Smell you like tears have to go back sweat. to showered and take. Yeah, showered and take. You got to do it again. It's not good. Do it again. But what have you thought of the podcast so far? Has it been pretty good? <laughs> Kooks. I got Kooks to kind of open up, man. Kooks was good. Kooks was good. I like listening to Kooks. Um, he had a lot. What, what is that? Fiddle. Because I said kooks four times. Yes. By the way, how do you I spell never... kooks? I I just I do you go O? I go U. I go K U G S. I see other Yeah, that's go, like that's like hugs. hugs. <laughs> like like with Tom Luganbill, like it's L U G I N B I L L. We call them Lugs. I'm like I'm not doing lugs. L O O G S. Okay. All right. Do I'll note that. I'll make a note. No, that was good. He opened up to you like uh, Bill Moose. I mean, it was you know, it was pretty good. Was I had good. I had some I, help I like with it. my Bill Moose questions. <laughs> We've told that story, right? People know that when I had Bill yeah, Moose yeah. on the show, you wrote every question I asked him. Did you not? Did you not? I go, hey man, having Bill Moose on the show tomorrow. Any advice? Thanks. 
you, this is classic chick, you proceeded to write me 10 questions. You were like, yeah, just, just a starting point if you want to go there. And I was like, all right, let's just <laughs> use this. I had my opening joke to him about Clay Thompson, calmed him down, at, like the way you framed the Scott Frost question. And then the beauty of it was everybody's like, finally, a real journalist willing to ask the tough questions. I was like, yep. I'm going back. So I looked at my phone. I typed in moose and thank, you know, here, I'll, I'll, I'll just yeah, hold it up to Skype, here, okay? Doug. Skype that right, mug, so Doug. This is Skype. So this is October 30th, 2017. So this is kind of like your, this is, this oh, yeah. is your, yeah. your, your question stuff. Yeah. And so it's like, like you, you like the three point shot. And it's like, yeah, Nick, you, I, I put that yeah. on the maybe questions. So I said, I think I even suggested like opening up with the Clay Thompson story. You did no, you look. I mean, so here's so here's this. Ready? This is the start. Yeah. My goodness, how much blue is there? I copied like, and pasted, insane. and you cut. It's like, mean, look at that. The, look the at jock. You. The jock asked the nerd for help, and the nerd was like, "Oh, if I do this, he'll be my friend." Yeah. <laughs> That's absurd. That is crazy. But you did. Yeah, you helped. No, me but out. You, you. Well, that's like the coach saying, I don't want to have to play. I'm not going to play. So you throw yourself no. in front of traffic for right. the team here, and good luck. Did it feel like, for the first time ever, did you feel like a Saturday Night Live writer or a li like where you wrote a great sketch, all the great jokes, and then Sandler goes out there and delivers it? People are like, Sandler's hilarious, and you're behind the scenes like, me, dude. Yeah. It's me. Like Conan O'Brien was hardly in any sketches, but he was like writing everything. <laughs> No, but I mean, I was, yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was proud of you that day. You made ESPN.com. Yep. You did, uh, you were getting more pub than me and I work here. So it's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. All right. I want to, I, I do want to get into a little bit of, uh, Colegio football is I think, uh, what people call it at the tailgate, uh, these days. Um, not true. And then I want to, we're going to go game by game and predict every game for Nebraska this season. So you need to get ready for that. I prepped right. you on that, so don't give me don't give me some crap like, oh man, I didn't I wasn't ready for this. I didn't I didn't know this was coming. I told you this was coming, all right. All right. Well, way to way to reveal the fact that this is not spontaneous. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were gonna do this. All right, let's give it a whirl. All right, let's go. I'm really ready for this. You were always obsessed with the idea of not letting people know that something had been like taped beforehand. Like, would you be mad oh, right yeah. now if I told people what time and what date we were taping this? Is that going to make you uncomfortable? Yeah, I mean, this should be live. This should be live. Um, <laughs> when people are listening, it's happening live. <laughs> okay. That's what that's what it should be. Like we used to, we used to on Chick and Nick tape. Oh, like God. Shane would be like, "Sorry, we can only get Bill Snyder Tuesday night <laughs> at eight o'clock." I was like, all right, you're going to be in studio? I'll call in. I would call in, do the interview myself, and then have Shane cut up the answers. And then we would ask the questions live on the air and then play each answer was to make ridiculous. sure it was live. Ridiculous. Shane, that's, that, Shane was ready to kill you. Do you regret that at all? Do you stand by that? Uh, I regret a lot of things, but none of which involve Shane. Um, I asked <laughs> Making Shane, Shane work? I, <laughs> funny thing is, I sent Shane a message the other night on Twitter because I was asking him, hey, do you have like old Chick and Nick like segments? Because I've heard yeah. you've got the segments. And so I said him this. Here's the first thing he sent me. <laughs> it says, Matt. <laughs> That's all it says. 
That's all it says. So he is uh, he, he's he was a beauty. Playing I think he, drops he appreciated me when I was gone. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's still so. playing drops from our show. Yeah. All that stuff. Like, it's – come on, man. Like, you know, you got plenty of time to get your own stuff. <laughs> Warm up your ramen and get your own vocal. They're now three shows removed. It was wow. It was Gary and Jason. Then it was Gary and DB, and now it's DB and Severe. So there should be like when you get three shows removed, the drops from <laughs> the show four shows ago have to just delete themselves, right? It's funny. Yeah, it, it has to. It's funny. Severe texted me the other day. It's like, hey, do you mind if I steal this certain bit? And he was referencing something. I couldn't even remember. I'm like, yeah, I think, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Like, can we, I, I don't remember that. So yeah, okay. go ahead. But it must have, like, we just did, you know, I mean, let's be honest, Nick, we did thousands and thousands of things. It just gets lost. It's like saying, you know, Will Fail, remember that skit? No, we don't. I, I don't I remember that at all. Many, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> I don't remember those things. But how do you feel? I mean, you're essentially, you were replaced. Uh, by Gary Sharp, uh, how do you feel about about that? Feel great about it. I, I feel I feel great about it. I uh, I think I think clearly there the one thing that that matters is to have some people that are identifiable in the market continue yep. to stay on the station. You bring Severe over. Uh, he's I don't know if people remember a show called on Sportsman like Honda. And then obviously people know Garrett, so it's good. I mean, it's. I it's, think it's it was it's as seamless a thing as you could ever do. Like it's and he and Gary's built for that, right? Like you were awful at the solo. Horrendous. Show. Be honest. Can Gary, I can I put you on the Budweiser hot seat on a variety of things here? When you heard yeah, I was doing a solo show, were you like that has no chance, my friends? No chance in France. <laughs> I didn't think it had no chance, but here's the backstory of that is when our show got broken up. Yeah. Adair, um, Adair, former GM. I know. Yeah. Adair, Mr. Mr. Andy do that. Um, that's why we have to be on Skype. He's the reason we have to be on Skype. <laughs> I could I could have been sitting with you doing a radio show this morning. Instead, uh, <laughs> we're on Skype and We'd be states. we'd be teasing our Husker pump up song for the twenty nineteen season. <laughs> Be like, geez, these guys are like, oh god, they're still doing this. Oh geez, are they going to choose Taylor Swift this year? Yeah, what are they going to do? Old Town Road. I bet it'll be Old Town Road. <laughs> you dang right it will. It would have been right. We, we would have set. We would have set it up. We didn't want it to be so cliche. We're going to come up with something original, ladies and gentlemen. We present Old Husker Road. <laughs> I want to take Scott Frost down to Old Town Road and run till we can't no more. That's what it would have been. It would have been. Uh, it would have been good. I'm trying to uh, go back to. Oh, so going back to your question about your show, when um, when our show was coming to an end, and uh, my quote Aunt Betty died, and all those <laughs> stories that we my, my dog and my homework, so I got to go to Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, that's what I had, that's to, what I had to go to Charlotte. <laughs> um, when that was happening. Uh, our GM at the time had said, "Hey, if this stuff happens and this goes this way, you know, I was I'm thinking about putting you in that after in that solo a solo show in the afternoon if we can get this to happen or this to happen, whatever." Wound up, none of that stuff happened, uh, and they put. I think if Kevin had stayed, he was thinking of having me be the solo show. So you would have done the midday, or the what? midday, and then I think yes, and I think they wanted you and. 
Jason, uh, Jason, black and blue in the morning. Peter in the morning. That's right. Black and blue in the morning, whatever, which would have been your face. (laughs) He would have punched me. You know who I'm good friends with now is Jason. I love Jason. That guy is so supportive of me. Like, I love that guy, dude. He's 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 the best. But yeah. Well, all right. Uh, so, so it didn't, it didn't happen, but my point of bringing up the story, uh, was to say that when he presented that to me as an option, if such and such happens, my initial reaction was, I don't want to do that. And so I was, I was, uh, kind of reflecting my thoughts about me onto you when you were going to do it. Going, uh, oh my yeah. God. Does he know? You know See, like, that's, I will say that's how I felt about Gary when they were like, when they were moving Gary to solos, like Gary. Let me tell you, Doug, don't do it, Merritt. Don't you do it. <laughs> well, Gary, when, I mean, Gary's just perfect for it because he did uh, Sports Nightly for years. I mean, when I was working in Kearney, Nebraska for a few years, I would listen to Sports Nightly at night, and he was, well, not in the day, it's Sports Nightly. Uh, and- I used to listen to Sports Nightly in the morning, and uh, yeah. I used to listen to Good <laughs> Morning America that- at night, and it was. When they had that podcast, uh, Sports Nightly. Um, and uh, he was great, and so I'm uh, I'm excited for him. I think uh, moving Severe back is is awesome, and um, I think it's you know it's great. I mean the fit like the shows have changed, but the faces have kind of remained the Isn't that same. crazy. Like it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like Mark D'Antonio. Like we're gonna reshuffle the coaching <laughs> deck here, but all the coaches are gonna be the same. We're just gonna have new roles, different different coordinated, different positions. I it is. It is. It's so interesting to think, and I know you and I have gone back to 2012 a lot, but I'll never forget that. You know, I walked out of the G Andy's office, our GM at the time, and we were negotiating our contract. Went back and forth. I said, "How about a million dollars?" He said, "Get out of my office." I said, "Okay." <laughs> he said, "How about a million? I said, "How about a million?" He said, "How about ten? I said, "You got yourself a deal." I'll sign it. I said, but, but I remember, I remember saying like, okay, yeah, just, you know, lock up shit and we're good to go. And he looked at me and said, you can't control that. This is a contract between me and you. And I was like, what did you say to me? And why did you say it? <laughs> but I was, I see, was shocked. I I, see, and this is the first time, this is the first I've heard of that conversation about you saying that and him saying that like, yeah. And that's not a surprise. And then I remember I walked downstairs and back into the studio and I must have like, you must've been able to read me like a book because I, the second I walked in, you, yeah. you went, what happened? What? And I was like, no, uh, I, I, I don't know, man. And I, and, and so we knew, oh yeah. my God, you, and that was, I was so naive. I was like, I don't know what's going on. And he said, oh my God, I think they might try to break up the show. And I was just, it was, it started then like the longest goodbye for a radio show of all time. But yeah, it was a, that, that was a, there, there are moments in your career. You remember, I remember walking out of that, that of his office being like, oh my God, what? I just, just heart to this day. It still is like the most heart. It was like one of the more heartbreaking meetings I've ever had. It was like, no way, man. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, um, and again, if you never, if we, if people listening to your podcast don't remember Chick and Nick or never listen to that show, then this is, this is kind of like, what are they talking about? But it kind of goes into the, everyone can relate to uncertainty about a job mm-hmm. or you've given up stuff to do something and, oh, this is going to fall through, uh, whether it's a relationship or a job. I mean, everything is, uh, you can relate to it. But I, 
I remember um, driving home. I knew there had been some speculation about it, and there was just uncertainty, and I was driving home from the show, um, and I remember calling Neil, our program director at the time, and I said, Neil, I've got, you know, my wife is, um, you know, she's eight months pregnant here. Um, I need to, you know, I got, I got, I got a family here. You know that yep. I know you love my family, but please, I need you to be honest with me, Neil, what are you hearing? And, and I asked him a question of something to the effect of, um, do I need to start making other plans or something like that? And his answer was very clear to the tune of yes. Oh. Um, something, it, whatever answer he was, he tried to put it on lightly, but what his answer was, uh, without saying many words, was Schick and Nick is probably going to come to an end. So I remember going into the house in, in Elkhorn, where we lived, looking at my wife and going, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't. I'm, I'm really, really nervous about this. And here she is, big baby bump, and we're yeah. about to welcome a, uh, our second child into the world. And so, like, okay, what's, what's going to happen? And then... Um, about, I guess it was maybe a few weeks to a month later. Or so we are, um, her, her water didn't break, but she, we thought she might be going into labor, but we weren't sure she, her doctor was in Lincoln. So we drove to Lincoln, but that morning I also had a meeting scheduled with our GM and I, for clarity, it was the first time I was going to be face to face with him about our show. Okay. And so I'm dri we're driving to Lincoln you know, she's having some contractions, but might be a false alarm. We're not sure. Uh, we go into the hospital room. This is like either late at night or very early in the morning. And we still had a radio show that day. And so she's getting checked out and it doesn't seem like it's going to be anything. I said, Kelly, I'm going to, if you don't mind, since it's nothing and you're going to be here for a while, I'm going to go back and do the show because I need to have that meeting. He's like, what? Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just like, this is not like the last thing you want to do is leave your wife. No doubt. Room so you can do it. But it was because of that meeting. So it was that day. And I think we had, we taped an interview with Lou Holtz or something that day, something like that. And it was I Barack back, Obama. Yeah, it was Barack Obama. I think it was, I think it was Michael Jordan. We had him on. <laughs> it was one of those last shows. Yeah, I can't remember. It was somebody else. Yeah. It was Will Ferrell, then Michael Jordan. Yeah, that's right. So, um, so I went back to the studio did the show, and then it was right after the show that I had the meeting with our general manager, Andy, at the time. And I remember sitting down with him, and I just said, can you, can you commit to Schick and Nick? Can you commit to our show? And his answer was, I can't. And I was like, wow. And it's like, our ratings are good. Yeah. You know, like, our, our, like the younger demographic, you understand, like, those people are going to get older. You're like, right. you know that, right? Like, you want to... You know, you want to get them young. Right. And I knew we skewed younger, but, you know, we're, we have a following here. And I felt so passionate about it, but there was no moving him. Um, he, I, I, you know, from what I had heard, he wanted some a former Husker on the Husker. air, something yeah. like that. Like he wanted it more football or, or, or sports centric. So I remember driving afterwards, getting a call from Kelly after I had left the station saying, um, this is, this is real. We're going to have a baby here in a couple hours. Like they, they've decided like this, I'm, I'm contracting whatever. And I, I, I think I was in tears. I can't really remember it, but I just remember going, what am I, yeah. what is Tatum who we didn't know 
yeah. you know, at the time. But what is what is what are we welcoming my next child into the world in? What kind of world? There's so much uncertainty. And so, you know, Tatum's born and that whole two or three days we're in the hospital was, you know, the biggest resentment about the show ending isn't necessarily the show ending. It's about those two or three days that I didn't get to really enjoy um, my daughter being born as much Ah. because I was so consumed with my job and the show and my uncertainty about what we were welcoming into. And so, you know, I, I, I remember bits and pieces about her birth and all those things, but what should have been one of the greatest days of my life was one of the most um, uh, awkward and uncomfortable times, not because all I could think about was how am I going to support this family if I don't have the show? Where am I going to go? Where are we going to move? What's going to happen? I don't want to do, I, I can't go back to TV right now. So there was, it was that kind of plan that no one knew listening to our show. Like we kept everything secret. I never really told you any of that stuff. I've never heard this before. Um, yeah. And so I, um, cause we tried to, you know, Kelly what, and I we, still talk about, that. we tried we to laugh like people that. that listened during that time. We tried to always give people three hours of what the show was. We always tried to laugh. We always tried. I don't think people knew that kind of, that kind of stuff was happening behind the scenes. We knew when to turn up, you know, and there's that, the red light came on when the mic turned on, we snapped back into it, but I've never heard that story. So it literally was you, you went from the meeting of Andy telling you, I'm not going to commit straight to the hospital. She was born later that day. I mean, yeah, that's unbelievable. That yeah. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, certainly tons of the cliched mixed emotions yeah. with that, with that day. Um, and I remember, you know, texting people and stuff and Kelly's there with Tatum and I'm kind of, you know, texting with, with folks about my future, or what's going to happen. And, um, it just was not what I had hoped that few days would be. Uh, but obviously it wound up, you know, a couple months later, we're, we're out in Charlotte and ESPN and all that stuff. But for that, for, you know, just not, not knowing how, look, you're, you're the breadwinner, winner, right? Yeah. Or whether you are or you're not, you are, you're responsible for supporting your family. And I'm like, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you start throwing out lifelines and wind up coming to ESPN. But it was there was that time, you know, it, it, it alleviated a little bit when I found out I had on Sportsman like conduct, like they were going to pair me with Michael, Yep. which I like because I like Michael. I didn't like it because I didn't want to be in that building and not do the show with you. Sure. But it, it, it that'd have been awkward. weird. Like we were like we were negotiating our own separate stuff, but not really telling each other everything that was going on because. It just would be awkward. Yeah, you're and talking so about me and you. That, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, right. So the right. fact, so the fact that we kind of kept all that secret, I think, allowed for those last two or three months to be actually really good. Yeah, because we tried to. It was almost like we. It was. It, it's funny how that show for that time, like it was that show was an escape from reality for everyone, and it. I don't think we needed the show more than when it was ending in a weird way. You know what I'm saying? Like in a weird way, it was like this. We need these three hours to not think about the fact that this is ending oddly enough as, as bizarre as that sounds, but that's, that's what it was like at the time. And because you've, you've made big career moves. What? I mean, you left KTV to go to 1620. Then there was a lot into the 1620 to ESPN move. What do you think? What is, What's guided you during that time? I mean, I've talked about like passions and different, you know, what 
trying to really figure out what, hold a mirror up to myself. What are my habits? What do I like? All those things. What do I love? What about you? What, what was, you, you've, I've stolen your line of, uh, if you're not growing, you're dying, which I, I love. But what, what has been, t- take people into your mind when you've made these big career moves, what's <laughs> been the guiding light for you? Yeah, um, my faith in Christ has been huge, um, and and just trying to know, uh, you know, not necessarily where to go, but what comes first, right? Um, you know, instead of pursuing worldly pursuits that'll never fill you up, uh, pursue something that can fill you up regardless of your circumstances, because your circumstances are going to change, um, and if you're dependent on what you're doing or who you're pleasing, or the role that you have, if you're dependent on everything else that the world provides for your happiness, you're never going to be happier. There's always going to be something else. So there's always, you know, the money, oh, we don't make enough, yeah. or, you know, the, the size of our house, it's not big enough. There's always going to be something else. And so my faith has been really important in terms of just seeking him and seeking that so that I'm not so caught up in what everyone else wants. Um, I'll, for instance, I remember when I left, when I was leaving um, the ABC affiliate in Kearney, Nebraska. Yep. I remember when I was leaving that station and I had Omaha, I had um, Buffalo and Wichita. There were three that were there. My wife now, we were dating at the time and, you know, it was wasn't a volatile relationship, but it was like, we were so long, we were long distance. And I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. Right. And so part of me was like, I think if I moved to Buffalo, where I'm an hour away from some of my extended families, we were born in Rochester, maybe I can just wipe this clean and I'll just be, I'll just start over and just be done and just rewrite everything. And I remember being in the car, driving back to the station one night, knowing I had a few options. I remember going, God, please, I need some direction here, please. Uh, and just praying about, I just need some door to shut. And I need it to happen really soon because I've got Omaha, KETV, they're waiting for an answer. And I've got this, I've got that. I'm, I'm not returning calls because I don't know what to do. And I'm telling you, uh, within 30 seconds, the phone rings and it's the Buffalo station. It's the sports director at the time, who is John Murphy, who's, uh, the play-by-play voice of the Buffalo Bills now. Okay. Um, he, he is a guy that I grew up listening to. It's him calling me to tell me that they are eliminating, they've decided to eliminate the position that I was applying for. Wow. And they would, like, they wanted me. I was going to be reunited with my sports director who was in Kearney, who had gone to Buffalo. Okay. I was going to be reunited with him. I was going to be, like, either the number, I think the number three guy there, he was, I think, the weekend guy. Jeff Russo at the time, and we were going to be reunited and do that. It was going to be great. I was going to get to cover the Buffalo Bills, my mm-hmm. childhood team. We're going to do that, <clears throat> and I was really considering that. Not only could I not, not only did uh, that door close, it slammed shut, and there was a brick wall. Like, sorry, you can't do it. And at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm going to Omaha. Like, did you? It. Did I'm you feel go, like I'm going to go to Omaha? Did you feel like if you'd have went to Buffalo, that that would have been almost like the you and Kelly? That would probably been like this yeah. is it for us. It would have been over. Yeah, my whole life would have changed. It would have been yeah. over. I couldn't. It would. I couldn't have done the long distance thing anymore. I would have just said, "Let's just let's just be be done." Because yeah. there was some uncertainty there. Instead, I get drawn instead of two hours away from Lincoln 
I'm 50 miles on the other side, yep, yep. closer to her family. Um, and, and I'm with KETV in Omaha where the transition was easy. I didn't have to move across the country or anything. And I'm doing a job that, I mean, it took, you know, a, a week or two on the job to realize this is exactly where I need to be. Yeah. And it was a great job. And Kelly and I wound up getting married a few years later. Um, probably five years, five years later. I was there. So. I drove by that, oh, yeah. that, that park the other day. I told yeah, Kim, I was like, you know, yeah, I was like, Chick and Kelly got married there. She's like, really? I said, yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was, um, and so th- those kind of things where, look, when you, when you're trying to <clears throat> apply for jobs where it's contingent on, like if you're doing TV or radio, it's contingent on what one person thinks, mm-hmm. the news director, the program director, whoever that one decision maker is. So my guiding principle has been, I'm just going to, I'm just going to honor God with whatever I do. And as long as that approval, I feel like that is there. If I'm striving for that, then everything else is going to fall into place. Like I can't, I can't try and please that guy. I can't try and please that woman or whatever it is. I'm just going to do what I can to be the best Christian that I can be. So that has been, that has certainly been a, a guiding principle for me. And it's, it's, you know, think about the fact that, my, you know, chicken Nick comes to an end. I'm like, what's going to happen? You know, what, how, how am I going to uh, provide? I'm like, okay, who do I know? Who do I know? And wouldn't you know it? ESPNU in Charlotte is looking for somebody. Amazing. And I had a contact with yeah. Dari Noka, who yep. had been two ships passing in the night when he worked in Lincoln and kind of got a foot in the door and, and put something together. And we were out there we were out there within, you know, two months. So right. it, it, things, things, there, there aren't a lot of accidents out there. There aren't a lot of them. I, I, I think one of the things that, that was sometimes hard, like for, for me to leave the radio, what was hard was I'm a pleaser. I don't like to make people unhappy. I like to, I, I hate it when someone's mad at me. I just hate it. And I think one of the hardest things to do is to f- have those moments where you do have to be <clears throat> selfish. For lack, of, you know, you now you're selfish also with the thought of your fem, your family and providing for people and all those things. But everybody does hit a moment in their life where they do have to think about themselves. And I would say that of all that was kind of an that was uncomfortable for me for a couple of years here or a couple of months here, I should say, uh, as I was leaving sixteen twenty. Of all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I want to do this. I know this isn't going to make this person happy, this person happy, or this person happy. But that that can be that that was kind of a, a big get over the hump thing for me was like, you know what? Yeah. This is I'm going to I'm going to do what I want to do for once. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, when I was when we started Chicken Nick, uh, there was a point, I think it was within the first six months that I had had an initial interview with ESPN mm-hmm. and um, and I auditioned for like an ESPN News anchor position or something. Um, and they, I think I, I might've finished second. It doesn't really matter if you're not first or last, but I didn't sell myself on the job. And I was more relieved when I didn't get that job. And I remember calling you yeah. saying, Hey, um, you know, this isn't, it's, it's not going to happen. Um, but I also remember another time when we had done radio, I think we'd done it. I can't remember how long we had done it before, before, but, uh, Schick and Nick was doing pretty well and John Schutz was leaving channel seven. Yeah. And I had interviewed to go back 
to, to do that. And I was going to try and find a way to do both. And if I did, it just wasn't going to work. And so you think about trying to please people, you know, there was this expectation, you know, of, of me going back there to replace John. Yeah. And I remember interviewing, and I loved the news director at the time, Roseanne Shannon. Uh, Von Jones was the assistant news director at the time. Rob McCartney, Brandy. Like, I would have been on the set with some of my friends, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember having to choose, you know what? I like my life. I like what I'm doing right now. And I'm just going to have to say no to the people that might be expecting this. I remember walking in, taking myself out of the running for the job, and having this burden really lifted. And I remember telling Rob McCartney and he was really disappointed because he was looking forward to, to no kind doubt. of reuniting as, yeah. as was I, as right. was I, I mean, it would have been, it would have been great to be on the set with them five nights a week. Um, but just saying yes to yourself, your quality of life, um, putting money in a distant second, distant yeah. third, and just focusing on what makes you happy. Like the, the chicken neck stuff was such a good quality of life even outside the show, like it was so family conducive. It was, you know, just the holidays off, all yeah. of those things that um, it would have, it, it had to take breaking it up for it to go away Yeah, because the, the life was just too much fun and, and the schedule was too good and family was too supported time-wise uh, because of the show. You, uh, and I think you were, you probably remember this. Do you, speaking of, of kind of being relieved or, or having to, I was relieved when this didn't happen. Do you remember when there was rumors that when when Doc was fired, there were rumors Coach Altman was going to take the Nebraska job? And I remember telling you because Coach Altman wanted me to go to Oregon with him after when Coach took the when Coach left Creighton and went to Oregon. Coach Altman wanted me to come with him there. He was like, "Bud, fell, hey, Bob, we're, we'll find something for you, Bud, out there." You know, he wanted me to come with him, and I remember talking to you. Basically saying, like, listen, if Coach Altman does, in fact, take the Nebraska job, he's I know he's going to ask me to join him, and I'm going to have a hard time saying no to that. And I remember you said, so that would mean the end of the Chicken Nick show. And I was like, uh, that just even that sent, I was like, yeah, I guess it would. Thank God it didn't happen, you know, because I wouldn't, I, I would have been in a horrible spot. I would have been like, having, I have to tell you the Coach Altman no, or you no, it would have been terrible. But luckily, Coach Miles got hired. But but you just bring that up where it's like sometimes you get now. It's, those are good problems to have where you have like two good options potentially. But yeah, it's funny how those those yep. situations get shut for a reason or open for a reason. You know? Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't have to. We didn't have to end it. We didn't have to leave it voluntarily because that would have been that would have been brutal. There's totally. nothing worse than leaving than than saying you know than leaving happiness and risking something. But you you know we weren't. We weren't risking anything. We had to go because that, like we said, that one person that said crazy? no. Yeah, right? one person it's just, said no. It's just right. what, like one person, and again, not there's no resentment, there's no grudge or anything, but it's just a matter of fact. Like you, that person says, "I don't like this. It's over." And the ripple effect of that, yeah, the ripple effect of that. I'm not doing ESPN. I probably don't have four kids because I, you know, no offense, sixteen, twenty, I probably couldn't afford four, four <laughs> kids. There, um, you're you likely pay, maybe not doing Fox National stuff. Totally, you're probably not doing a Fox weekend show. Totally, you're certainly not doing a podcast right no, now. No, so it's it's like everything changed because of that, and you just gotta, you know, chaos is gonna get thrown at you every single day. It's how do you how do you respond to it and 
you know, we've responded pretty well. All right, we're going to get to football in a second, but one last thing, and I want you to try to not be uh, modest here. Because when people ever talk to me about, hey, how's Schick doing? Or what do you think? You know, if I see people around town or whatever, and they're like, he's doing good. I'm like, man, think about this now. Armageddon basically hit ESPN with layoffs and all those things. This dude has survived Armageddon and thrived. You know what I mean? Like, not only so not only did you just not get hit with a torpedo, you've elevated. Why what do you how how do you explain it? What do you think it's been? Is it your your versatility? Is it your creativity? Like if you had to if you had to try to describe it, because I'm not surprised at all, but it's pretty amazing to have massive this wasn't like kind of a few layoffs. This was massive, and you've grown. That's tough to do. I will always before I even say any, take any credit, I will always uh, credit uh, God's providence first, right? Like I, like that's not to say I'm more important than anybody else, but there was something happened there because here's the deal: I was the one of the lead faces of ESPNU studio production, yep, studio programming. Um, after Dari left, I was essentially the lead guy, and ESPNU studio gets shut down. And I'm still there. Yeah. Um, so that's um, it's it's hard to explain. I, I guess versatility is part of it. I think being oh, I think being likable. Yeah. And I don't mean like like being the greatest guy because I'm certainly not. And I've got I know there are people that that don't like me, and that's fine. But I think at least treating people well serves you well. Yep. Right. Like if you work hard and treat people well, things will work out. OK. And if and if you're competent at your job. Yeah. Right. Like, right. Like it doesn't like, you know, Doc Sadler's the nicest guy. Eventually, you're going to get fired anyway because right. it's just not working out. Um, but if you can build some equity with people, with relationships and then they give you a shot. Um, my contract, the timing worked out well and that my contract was not up at the time the layoffs happened. Had my had the timing been any different, maybe it had been a two year instead of a three year deal or okay. something, and I was up. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'd be. I don't know. I don't know. But my job shifted that day, and I knew going in that I was going to be okay because I'd been told I'd probably be okay. But you keep hearing the news. You keep getting texts from people who are at work that day, and I wasn't about layoffs. And you start to. You certainly start to panic. Uh, I remember the call from my. Uh, my boss at work after all the laughs had been completed that day or the next day and just said, okay, obviously there's, there's some bloodletting today. Um, obviously you're fine because we're talking right now. Your job is going to change. There's no more studio stuff here. Mm -hmm. You're going to be shifting a lot more to play by play. So um, start working on your volleyball prep, start <laughs> working on, you know, different, different sports. Right. Like, okay. All right. So, you th you you reference something that I always go back to, like if you're not growing, you're dying. You're, you're flatlining, means you're you're, you're dead. Um, uh, my visibility increased. Where you know college football live, I was able to do. I'm able to do that show a little bit more, um, a little more visible inside the company. Um, doing more radio, doing more pot. You know the podcast stuff with ESPN had started probably a year year and a half before the layoffs hit. And so I'd already kind of gotten entrenched with some of the audio folks at ESPN. And then ESPN radio said, Hey, what do you think of doing, you know, this show? And, 
And, and so eventually, you know, I'm doing, I'm, I'm probably doing more radio now this fall than I am doing TV. Right. So whether it's national signing day, it's play by play, it's studio host, it's, you know, just do a bunch of different things. Uh, I think, I think helps out, but I think it starts with, you know, treating people that's it. Well, that- no matter, no matter who it is, like, you know, when we were at 1620, it didn't matter if you were the secretary or you were you, or you were Neil Nelkin. I always tried to treat someone like they were my equal, um, or if not, if not above. Yes. And, and I think, I think that helps a lot. And I, and you're, you know, you're similar. I mean, look where you are. You, you, and I said this when you left the radio, uh, when you were going on to, to this and you did Fox sports, it's, you got to be good at your job. That helps. But as long as you treat people well, you know, you, they ended our show, but you got rehired at 1620. You don't right. do that if you're a, if you're a jerk store, if yeah. you're a jerk store, right? So that that stuff is very important. It's, it's really yeah, important. Uh, Colin, because what you were saying that like Coward has a line that he says his dad always told him like 99 percent of the decisions about you will be made when you're not in the room. Be a good person. That's great. In, in that, like, it's a good little Colin has a lot of the like just a good little thing to think about and it's it kind of that's a good way to kind of put a bow on our like on that part of our conversation here of like think about all the conversations and decisions that are made about you when you're not in the room and there's just like there you we could talk about a bunch of different things but like being being likable being a good person just goes a long ways man it does yeah and it's yeah and it's not even about you know making sure your opinions are good or all this it's like we always said, what's the what's the quote? They don't remember what they what you said. They remember how you made them feel. Right. So you know, br- bring some joy. You're either a life giver or a life taker. When you walk into a room, does the energy drain or does it increase? I know you. When you walk into a room, <laughs> like people just light up, right? Like it's so I you know I've you're kind of that standard in, in that regard, and I try to. I try to be that way, but it's, you know, when you got four young kids and you're working and all this, it can be tough. It's yeah. something, sometimes you have to fake it. Right. Sometimes you have to pretend oh, uh, you're man. something to get to that place. Because if you don't, you know, if you don't shoot higher than you want to be, no you're probably going to wind up lower than you are, emo- than you really are emotionally. No doubt about it. God, that was good. I, there was a couple of those stories. This is amazing this week. Like, I don't mean to like, you know, totally kiss the butt of the podcasting platform. I feel like I've learned things about people that I've never learned before with the, with some of these conversations that I've had with you, Kevin, even little stuff with Barrett. Like this is, this has been amazing, man. This has been fun. I, I honestly think when you think about the podcasting format, like what do people, what do people lack right now? A lot of times it's someone to talk to, right? Oh man. Like, like it's it's time with somebody. What do we do now? Tweet, text. We're buried in our machines. You're isolated. Night. Yeah, you're isolated. Yeah, you, you're communicating with people, but you're not investing in people. And so this kind of format, it's almost like a therapy couch. Yeah, right. Where yeah. there's no time limit. I'm not being charged for it, so I don't need to hurry up and, and get my notes <laughs> out as quickly as possible, right, right, right. or else I'm going to have a bill when I walk out. And it's it's relationships, right? And so it's, you know, you ask certain questions and it makes you think how many, how often during the day or during a month are people asking me, Hey, what, what happened here in your life? Mm -hmm. Or what did you learn? Or how did you grow from this? No, you're stuck in the, 
how do I get my kids to school? How do I, <laughs> how do I get through this day so right. I can get to tomorrow and not blow up the house? Like, like it's different things where you can stop and talk for an hour or so and, and actually get into some relationship stuff. No, so, I love, I love that's, that's a good, that's a good point. And it's, I do think reflection is important. Like I really, not to get all like philosophical, but reflecting and like even something little that I've tried to do is you're in line to get coffee. Don't get your phone out. Just stand there. Like just stand there for a second. Just, like it's okay. You know, stand there, be in the moment, think. Like that's one thing that I've, I enjoy about listening to podcasts is they get me to think. I hope maybe people that are listening to this have heard some of the questions I've asked you and they've started to reflect a little bit because you got to, I mean, yeah. to, to kind of know who you are, what makes you tick, where you want to go, how you need to get there. You can't do any of that if you don't know yourself or at least try to think about yourself a little bit in, in a, in an introspective manner. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, putting, yeah, it's so cliche to say, put down the phone, but that's a huge part oh, of it. Man. It's such a, like, and you think about being there in silence, like how often am I in the car where it's silent? Probably very minimal. Like yeah. I need to, okay, I need to have, it's either music or I need to listen to a podcast or my kids are in the backseat talking or they're watching a movie in the van, like whatever it is, you rarely are sitting in silence. You got to have those quiet times. Totally. And that's, um, you know, just to catch your breath because life will wear you down. And, um, you know, going back to our show, I think that was what, what made it so good is life can be so difficult, but you just try and give an escape for, for people. And, and you, sometimes you need something to listen to, to get that escape. But more often than not, you just need to sit, do it yourself. You and that's it. You bring up, yeah. and this will bridge us into our season predictions here, but you bring up, like I asked Kevin the other day, what made on sports like kind of work. And he made a good point of like so many other things. It's the circumstances around the show. I think one of the things that made Chick and Nick work was it was a really volatile, emotional sports time. Bo, Bo was volatile. Like there, there, was, there was always some sort of emotion going on every game, every press conference, seemingly. Nebraska's going from the Big 12 to the Big 10. It was all these really emotional things, and I felt like we were almost like a comedic relief you know instead of instead of just pouring gasoline on the the fire of the intensity of the moment we were more water or the extinguisher of it like everybody just calm down and laugh at this you know what i mean like that's that's, that's a good point i think that's what kind yeah, of made we were, it work we were not um we were not the show to get people riled up no. and then when it happened that's when we were like whoa gary you clown like you know like what are you talking about yeah, we were the show that uh, would I, I, see. I, the only thing I'll disagree with is that I we were not terribly dependent on our circum on our yeah. surroundings. Yeah, you're right. But it but it but it helped us start. Yeah, right. It helped us launch the show with Bo and with Sue and with Taylor Martinez and the drops and all those things. Like those helped. Um. But eventually it got to the point where nothing could be going on and we would make <laughs> like we'd make, we'd make something some of our best it. shows like, were in the summer. Literally like when <laughs> when nothing was happening. Literally nothing was happening. Sometimes there like when there was a, a big story, you were like, Oh God, I, I don't want to talk about a real story. <laughs> right. Like we were almost a parody of of sports talk radio to a point, but we would we would explore the space where you're right. Like it's okay, do we want to 
do we want to just talk about, oh, how about that running back situation or what's going to, you know, who deserves black shirts or should we get a bomb defusing robot, send him in there to the new weekly news conference and ask Popolini, when is he going to hand out the yeah. black shirts and ask a series of questions that everyone wants to ask. Yes. But everyone's afraid. Never to would. He's, afraid he's going to eat, right. eat you alive. So right. Right. Just how, yeah. How do you have a different take on certain things? So at Nebraska, you always have the line that I think about, uh, you know, as the season gets closer, you either grow more confident or you start to get more worried. This is classic living in the state of Nebraska week of the game. I am starting to, I've been reluctant to, to, chug the Kool-Aid and I don't want to make it sound like Barrett raved about the team but and you listen to Barrett could you feel that there was almost a quiet confidence with Barrett about the about this season like even the answer to my last question to him was complete this sentence Nebraska will have a good season if and he kind of sat there and then said I think Nebraska will have a good season there is no if I feel like I'm starting to chug the Kool-Aid. You were one of the first people to present Kool-Aid to people at the end of last year. I guess now that we're into game week, where are you at with – have you not budged? Are you staying where where you are with Nebraska? Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I'm probably more confident than, um, than I was. I think the only hesitancy is the fact that uh, the division is pretty crowded, uh, a little more crowded at the end of last season than I thought it would be coming into this season. But after they beat Michigan State, I tweeted that they'd win the West this year. And that was just what they won that game nine to six. They wound up losing to Iowa, but I never moved off of that simply because, like you've said before, you have, you have the coach, you have the quarterback and the schedule is pretty good. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I think that when you, you know, I'll give you an example. We had our, we had our college football meetings for ESPN where all the, all the folks that are doing either studio or radio for college football or, or play by play and color. Uh, those who write about it are there gathered here in, and we had it in Charlotte this year. And um, Dan Orlovsky one night, I guess when we were having like a social hour was very pro Nebraska. And one of our bosses uh, got up there the next day at our, at our meeting at our big gathering time with hundreds of people in the room said, Hey, by the way, Dan Orlovsky was taking bets with the over for Nebraska. He thinks they're hitting the over and I won't tell you exactly how that conversation went, but okay. as I went through the schedule and Dan kept going, that's a win, that's a win, that's a win, he kept getting – like there was a lot of laughing in the room. Right. And and Dan picks him going 10-2, and two, and there's laughter, right? right? There's laughter. It Kind of that mob, like one person laughs, and a lot of people are like, oh, you think they're you – know, like someone asked, like, you know, Ohio State, who has the better quarterback? And Dan asked that. And then I think it was Bob Wischusen who was sitting next to him said – Whoever's the quarterback for Ohio State is the better quarterback. <laughs> and that's a really good line. Yeah, that's it really is. Yeah, usually that's it true. Doesn't matter who it, it yeah. doesn't matter who it is. But um, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I think, I think the, I've been dead set that the floor for this season is 8-4. and four. I think that is the floor for this season. Um, that's the kind of like the almost the starting point. If you get there, that means you didn't really screw anything up. Um, because I, and I keep, you know, I've said this before to people here who um, talk college football. It's how many games of Nebraska did you really watch last year? I would venture to guess that a lot of the national folks who cover it didn't have time to spend time on a team that had no shot right. at making the playoff, let alone win its division. Right. Right. You start 0 and 2, you start 0 and 4, you start 0 and 6. 
how much Nebraska are you watching? You can look at the numbers and go, oh, the last six games, they averaged 35 points a game. Okay, that's fine. Uh, but what are you really watching outside of the Iowa game that was on national TV and everyone was watching? So if you watched last season, it was three things. One, they outgained Colorado by 300 yards and lost the game on, on the ground. Yep. They outgained by 300 yards and lost the game because of the turnovers. Um, they lost to Northwestern 10-point advantage in the last minute and a half, two minutes. Uh, they lost to Troy because they didn't have Adrian Martinez. The baseline last season was 7-5. and five. You look at that season, that should have been a 7-5 and five season. So if that's my belief, then I go from that and I go, okay, now give them a win improvement because it's year two, and then you start winning some of those 50-50 games. Right. And so I think it's, I think it's 9-3 and three with a chance to go 10-2 and two if – Things like last year don't happen this year, and right. so I'm I'm between nine and three, ten and two, but I'm going to stay at nine and three. Uh, that you know they might lose to Ohio State, likely that likely they will. Um, but that's the kind of game. Like if you win Ohio State, your ceiling, you know, your floor turns into ten and two pretty quickly. Yeah, it's because you bring up all those tangible things of like they outgain or they outgain this and they ten point that. But like I also think, and it was always hard to get a sense of how much is this being embellished, how much is it not. Like I think all of the anecdotes of a broken culture, the the weight room issues, these guys were not strong enough. They were not in shape. Like so think about all the things that came up that that caused some of those issues last year that maybe we didn't even get to see or know about that Barrett even talked about a little bit. Now, now all those things are, are improved, let alone all the tangible stuff in the game. I'm think, with you. Yeah. Think about, they should have been seven and five within year one of a broken system of all the right? disasters of, of, that they had. All, should have been like, seven like Scott Frost didn't, doesn't mince words about how tough it was last year and about, you know, guys coming up to the, him saying, Hey, these guys aren't buying in. We're not going to let this happen. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on there. So I think the record is as misleading. When people go, "Oh, how can you a four and eight team that you think could win the division?" Like, you're just you weren't watching it. Um, if if that's the take, because the records are different, schedules are different, and if you actually paid attention, you would you would realize that. Look, if you, if an zero and six team, if a team is zero and six is still buying in more, mm -hmm. including seniors that are going to be out the door. That tells you something like yeah. you can buy in if you're six and oh, right. Like it's it's, easy. You know, it's yeah. easy to buy in, but you're starting oh and six and then you play better right. after that down the stretch. Something's happening there that, that really illustrates it. And it, obviously Martinez is a huge sure, part of that, but, but, but there's more there's to it than that. But there's got to be deeper than that. And you talk about the defense and, and how that will only get better. So it just, you know, I, I would be very surprised if they were worse than eight and four. Right. I would be, I'm not even talking surprised about not missing a bowl. I know Kevin said or about missing a bowl. I'm, I'm, I know Kevin said that I'd be shocked if they were worse than seven and five. Like right. I, like that that to me would be shocking and and surprised if they were worse than eight and four. Let's now. dive into it real quick, then, Bull. Let's go. Okay, so uh, South Alabama. By the way, I saw like there's thunderstorms in the forecast right now. People are like, "Oh dear God, no, not again!" For the love. <laughs> ah. So good. Oh, it's not so good. good. Oh, I mean, South Alabama is horrendous. I mean, that's a dub. South. Right? Uh, that's a loss for Nebraska. <laughs> 
I would be shocked Sorry. if Aaron don't go ten and two. All right, South of the Middle. That's I, was really, I, I was really hoping you would get this Alabama so much quicker because I tried to juxtapose the two. Oh god, like dang, I blew it for you. Worse, if they go worse than eight and four, I'm going to be really shocked. Lost to South Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this team's really good. All right, South Alabama lost. That's what it is. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so South Alabama dub. You're uh, you're a biased Buffalo's bastard. So uh, at Colorado, I'm going win. Although I think that is man, that's a huge game for you. Talk about the Ohio State yeah. game. To me, it's yeah. this is the game. Like I think this game shapes the yeah. season in a lot of ways. So I'm going. I done. agree. No, yeah. I, I agree. And I, when you think about important non-conference games for the conference, yeah, you know you can go Michigan, Notre Dame. That's that's an obvious statement. Northwestern, Stanford's important just for you know perception of the West and all that. That's nerds, great. Wisconsin's got to be nerd tough battle. It's a big nerd battle. But <laughs> but, but th- think about the momentum that Nebraska has built up in the off season mm-hmm. without playing a game. If you go into Boulder and you lose that game to a team that has had what one winning record over the last ten years in year one of Mel Tucker. That can really let a lot of the air out of the balloon. Totally. And that really puts pressure on beating Ohio State. So uh, I say it's a win simply because of the metrics that and the numbers that I cited from last year that I I just think as long as they're as long as they protect the football, um, I think they'll win that game. Okay, Northern Illinois win. Uh, I know they came into Nebraska a couple years ago. (laughs) Jeez, Homer, Homer podcast here. Gonna beat Northern Illinois. Not dub. I don't really know. Did they? I mean, they they did come to Nebraska and win a couple years ago. But I mean, there's some dude named Mike Riley as a coach then. So I'm going dub. You got a dub? Yeah, is that Rod? Is that uh, Rod Carey? Is he the head coach? Jim there? Carey. Jim Carey. Jim. Jim Carey. Rod you want to run Carey. the ball? All righty then. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? No, you know what he'd say. Sorry. Deep pass. <laughs> We're going down. <laughs> so stupid. That <laughs> punt was smoking. <laughs> Jim Carrey, the head coach, coach of Northern Illinois. What are the odds that a team like us converts this fourth and fifteen? It's probably not like one right. in a million. So you're telling <laughs> me there's a chance. And so the, Jim Carrey's and the, and the Northern Illinois is, team. The bad thing is it's Thomas Hammock, like Rod Carey. Ah, like, like, you... We're not even close. <laughs> What's his name? You said his last name's Hammock? Th- Thomas Hammock. Like like what you would lay in at the beach? The jokes write themselves. Wait, wait, wait. You don't lay in a hammock at the beach? You <laughs> got a beach line with hammock? But what would be the place to lay in a hammock? In the forest? Your backyard. (laughs) I didn't know I was talking to a hammock stickler. All right. (laughs) Uh, We're three games in, and we already have lost our minds here. Man, okay, Thomas Hammock. Oh, I forget, I for, I can't believe I forgot Rod Carey went to Temple, and I apologize to everyone in the American. Jim Carey. Jim Carey went to Temple. Jim Carey's now <laughs> Jim at Temple. Right? All, right. All right. Okay. <laughs> Game number four at <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> they had a top ten yeah. rushing. Like, 
I mean, they're not a good football team, but they can run the ball. I mean, I love, I love, I love the analysis you just provided here. They had a, they had a top rushing. <laughs> well, I mean, come on, Doug. I mean, you you big into Illinois these days? Here's Lovey's what I'll say got about a beard, Illinois. bro. That's great analysis. Here's what I would say about Illinois. Illinois is going to get somebody this year. They're going to get somebody this year. Um, Game got, has a trappy come, feel to it with Ohio State. It, it's, it is, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Like that is a, you know, when you look at what, um, what Illinois has leading up to that game, like they could be unbeaten fairly totally. easily going into that game. And then that game turns into, you know, what Nebraska hopes the Ohio State game is, like a, like a huge game. So Illinois should beat Akron, Connecticut, and then Eastern Michigan. Uh, they got Brandon Peters at quarterback. They've got uh, UCLA, U.S. I believe his name is Reggie Corbin. Reggie Corbin. Uh, Josh Imadobebe, who is a USC grad transfer. They got uh, Reggie Pettibon on the offensive line. He's an Alabama transfer. Like, they're turning into transfer you. Um, all that being said, it's a win for Nebraska. Um, but that game's but trappy. I would, be, I would be very, very careful of that game. Like, if didn't they play Look, Penn State tough for three quarters last year? Does that they did. right? What at the did. end of the third they quarter did. it was like they did, what and is then happening? and then uh, Penn State uh, kind of polished it off. Uh, yeah, the final there. score was like, forty. Like, like they murdered him in the fourth quarter, and it might have been just the first half where it was close. I want to say Penn yeah, State was, was up t- or either tied or something. Yeah, it was tight. We're, we're giving a good analysis about that game right now, but. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, Nebraska will beat, uh, beat Illinois, but just be careful. Just just be careful. All right, are you ready for the next game? Ohio State, yes. September twenty eighth, Lincoln, Nebraska. Nebraska gonna beat Ohio State. That's right. I said it. I, I they this is Ryan Day's first real road game. New quarterback, first real legit tough environment. I think the way Ohio State plays, Nebraska has a harder time with like teams that want to line it up and run it right at them and all those – like if this sounds ridiculous, but you think about last year, that Nebraska outplayed Ohio State. They, out, they, they lost, they, but they were the better team that day in Columbus. I think, Ohio, I think Nebraska going to beat Ohio State. I never felt Urban Meyer was a great motivator against teams they should beat. He was always great about, okay, backs against the wall. Yeah, let's go get Michigan. We're an underdog. Um, you know, like he, he was good with that. Uh, so I, I'm interested to see how Ryan Day handles all of this. Right. Because their, Ohio State's defense was atrocious last year. You got a top five pick in Chase Young on the defensive line. You've got you've got guys like recruiting class rankings matter. We talk about that all the time. Nebraska is out talented in that game, and because they are, if it were like week two, I'd, I'd say Nebraska. Since it's a little deeper into the season, I'll say I'll say Ohio State simply because simply because uh, beating Ohio State means you're like way ahead of schedule. And I don't think Nebraska's there yet, but I but if they won that game, would it shock me? No. So I'm hedging eight ways to Sunday, but Ohio but State. You, but, you're, but you're going to say Ohio State loss. You're Ohio going, State L. is a Nebraska loss. Yes. Lose. Okay. Uh, then Northwestern the following week. At some point, all these, even even the 2017 year, Riley's last year, they they are 
it, it took – they had to – uh, that was another game. They had to try to lose that game, and they they did, and they lost that game. I think Nebraska is going to finally win that game. I'm hoping by that week uh, Pat Fitzgerald will have settled on a starting quarterback um, <laughs> because it's like a Hunter Johnson or T.J. Green right now. It's trotting out against Stanford. I'll say Nebraska wins that game again. Uh, they, they, they better win that game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're, so at that point they're five and one. I got them undefeated and everybody's like just drunk and celebrating. You've always been a hater. I'm a big Husker hater. I got them undefeated, but now it's at Minnesota. These are the games where Nebraska is still trying to find that I think Nebraska going to lose at Minnesota. I don't think they're a great team, but they finished the season really strong. I think PJ Fleck, uh, is he's got something going. I don't think he's got a juggernaut building over there. Uh, I don't love their quarterback situation at all, uh, but they they have some talent at the skill spot. I think Nebraska can go to Minneapolis and lose. I think they'll go to Minnesota and win, um, but it's it's one of those things like they're going to either lose to Minnesota or Purdue. Like I, I'll I'll peg one of those two. I'm not entirely sure which one, but I'll say they go to Minnesota and win that game. And then after that, it's going to be cue uh, up Kathy. Enjoy your bye. Enjoy your bye. All right. Thanks, Enjoy your bye. Thank you. All right. Thank you. For people who don't know, Kathy called up Bo Pelini on the call-in show and told him to enjoy his Sports bye. Nightly. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> we put that on a loop. Enjoy your bye. Right. Enjoy your bye. Has anyone ever said – that's such a weird phrase. Enjoy your bye. Okay. <laughs> Enjoy your so bye. So good, right? Okay. Thank you. All so right. then Hang Nebraska up, enjoys their bye. Then Indiana comes to town. I'm going to say that's a dub. The Hoosiers. Uh... There's no more unfortunate name in college football than Michael Penix Jr. <laughs> uh, he's the starting quarterback for Indiana. Um, if you can fight through that and get through, uh, that means he's a tough kid. Yeah. Uh, it was an interesting pick, him over Peyton Ramsey, uh, to start for Tom Allen. But I will say uh, Nebraska gets that dub. And then I will say they lose at Purdue in a very tight six-point, three-point yeah. field goal game. I think it's a dogfight. I'm with you. I got them losing at Purdue, Jeff Brom, Rondell Moore. I think I think that's one of those classic just dogfight games Purdue wins. Uh, then we have another Kathy, enjoy your bye after that. <laughs> and then uh, Wisconsin comes to Lincoln. I think Nebraska is going to beat Wisconsin. I got that as a win. Trying to see where Wisconsin is in their in that schedule. Uh, let's see who do they got before they got Iowa the week before. Yeah, so bloodbath.com. Uh, the, yeah, bloodbath.com is the website to log on to. Nebraska will be. <laughs> so they're off. I love so you. You're, you're the only one that will. You respond to my my websites that aren't real. And just go with them. So thank you for that. But continue. It started with, with how announcement. dare you? How dare you.com. It started with that. <laughs> that was hey, by the way, can I side note real quick? Remember Ray Ray's got a jump shot. Ray Ray. <laughs> I've realized I sing a song to Mava to a tune. And I'm like, where did they get this tune? I would always go, hey, Mava, do you need to go pee pee in the party? Pee pee in the party. Pee pee in the. And I'm like, where did I get that melt? I'm like, oh, Ray Ray's got a jump shot. But, was that for Ray Allen? That's yes, Ray yeah, Allen. it was Ray, 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 Ray Allen. Ray Ray's got a jump shot. <laughs> no one ever and called And here's Ray that Ray hit song you. from Nick Ba from 2010, all the way from <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska. It's Ray Ray's got a jump shot. I'm Casey Casey. <laughs> 
He's sending this. He's sending this one to his friend Ray Allen. <laughs> this one goes long distance to Ray um, Allen. Okay, continue. What were we talking about? Uh, uh, All right, so Wisconsin. they'll beat Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. They'll beat Wisconsin. Yeah. I think they go to Maryland and lose. Yeah, that's... and then they beat Iowa at home. Uh, so that oh. and that could be reversed. That could be uh, reversed because uh, you know Iowa will be fresh off a win over Illinois. Uh, but I, I'm, you know, that's kind of how I peg it. I peg it nine and three, but could they go to Purdue and win? Could they finish 10 and two? Absolutely. Could they finish seven and five? Absolutely not. I got, uh, yeah, I got them. I got them beating Maryland and losing Iowa. Um, and so I, we're, you and I both nine and three arriving at different spots. So, well, we did it, Matt. We did it. We are, uh, we, it. we are like, uh, almost, uh, 91 minutes into this thing. So, uh, it's. <laughs> The least shocking thing that the interviews every Friday would go forty-five minutes. Yeah. It's Imagine no this. this: we'd be thirty minutes now. into unsportsmanlike conduct if we would have stayed in it. If we were still on the radio right now, it'd be ridiculous. <laughs> uh, well, perfect, my friend. Uh, this was fun. I can see your face. I can. I can look at you. This is like we hung out. I can see your face. I did see your door. The door opened at one point. I think it was Kel Bell being like, "You serious, Doug?" Kelly walked in. She just sent me a text and said, "Are you almost done?" <laughs> Which is so. I could classic. tell you started being like, "Yeah, yeah," but I go ahead and say the next game too. Like you started to like expedite this. You're like, "Yeah, then we're doing it." Was guys? I'm like, "All right, homeboy wants doesn't, to leave." Doesn't matter if I'm doing a podcast or in the restroom. I get the same text. <laughs> Perfect way to wrap it up. Matt Schick, love you, my friend. Thank you. I'm bowing to you on uh, on, on via Skype right now. Bowing to you. Oh, always, always a pleasure, my friend. Good luck with this podcast, yeah. and I hope this isn't your final one. It's been a big part of my life uh, ever since you started. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. All right, buddy. See you later.